Hello, I'm Russell Lynch. I'm a director at Powers Court. Welcome to this week's edition of the Powers Court Friday Fix podcast. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by Ruth Sunderland, Group Business Editor of the Daily Mail and Mail on Sunday, one of the most senior figures in British business journalism and a freeman of the City of London, no less. Thanks for joining us, Ruth. Thank you very much, Russ, for having me today. And um, I'm always slightly dubious whether it's a compliment to be called senior uh, or whether <laughs> that's just code for very, very, very old. Um, but um... Surely not. <laughs> You're now leading an integrated business team. And I know from previous experience, the process of merging titles isn't always that easy. How are you finding it working in practice? You're right. This, this is actually my second experience of integrating a business desk. So uh, the first time was about 10 years ago at The Guardian and The Observer. So I have had the opportunity to, to see it in action before. I think the key, and I hope why this one is going to work, is that you must keep your Sunday paper front and centre in mm. all of it. I think it's very easy for the Sunday paper to get neglected and to end up just becoming a little bit of an, of an afterthought. And yeah. that is fatal. That must not happen. Of course, we're now doing a big push on, on Mail Plus, the digital offering and all of that's a huge and growing part of, of the mix as well. So we've got challenges in terms of integrating teams, as you say. I think it's absolutely fantastic for people's careers because mm. in the olden days, you'll remember, people tended to be either Sunday journalists or daily journalists. Yes. And there is a very different skill set going on there. Mm. I'm probably quite unusual. In my career, I flipped between Sunday and daily journalism pretty much throughout. So mm. again, I think hopefully that is one of the plus points of me leading the, the, the joint team. So I think it's fantastic for journalists with campaigns, for example, we mm. can give those more power and punch over seven days and we can continue themes throughout the whole week, which I think makes a lot of sense. So I think everyone's enjoying it at the moment. I'm certainly enjoying it. I'm certainly working pretty hard. It's still quite new. It's only mm. a few months old still. So I'm hoping it will prove to be a great success. Editorially, has the integration shifted your needs about when people need to pitch, for example? Do you need to hear from people earlier in the week? How it works, Russ, is on a Monday we put together a, a working list for the weekend. So we're, we're looking not just at Sunday but at um, Saturday. Friday tends to be a bit of a quieter day on the city diary front, as mm. a corporate diary front, as you'll know. And also Sunday for Monday stories for the following week. It's very much a working list because we're obviously very news-led. That's the point in the weekly cycle where we're doing that thinking and trying to think ahead of mm. what, what we are going to, to want for the following weekend and indeed the weekends ahead. So I guess that's a, a locus at which people right. might pitch. And then there's the usual daily stuff. In terms of things that are not on the diary for that day, mm. I guess the old advice of the sooner the better, yes. the more time that we have to think about it and, and get it organised, the, the better it is all round, really. Things like interviews, we're in the market for FTSE 100 CEO and big hitter, big name interviews. Mm. And we need 
frankly a, a you know a bit of a back pocket full of those yes and so again if people if you've got a CEO who's desperate to be interviewed which mm. quite a few are you just need to get that out there as soon as possible and let that let us plan that into our schedule you mentioned mail plus earlier how are you finding dealing with that as well as the demands of print I mean you've been doing the strictly business show with Alex Brummer um, will you be doing more of that will there be different offerings that you'll be giving up to the readers I certainly hope so. Um, Alex and I, as you mentioned, doing our Strictly Business podcast, um, we tend to disagree about quite a lot of things. (laughs) Always makes a good show. (laughs) In a friendly way, and as you say, people, I think people quite enjoy a bit of a row. Um, So the idea hit me a couple of years ago, well, why don't we actually make something out of our daily row? People might want to watch a good fight, as you say. So So it's just like conference, except on television. Exactly. (laughs) It's just like leader conference, except except we filmed it. So, yes, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to keep Strictly going and do more with that format. But also, I think we're just, it's its early days, and I think we're just trying to generate as many ideas mm. as we can. I hope in the future we might look at things like newsletters or a daily podcast. Um, yeah, we're open to ideas, so maybe maybe you've got some suggestions, Ross. Mm. Well, I, I'll certainly be in touch <laughs> if I have. It's just, as someone who's been in the journalism game for many years, this is a classic question from someone who's recently switched to the other side of the fence. I mean... What's your most common bugbear about the PR industry? Well, my most common bugbear on one level is the swamping of my email inbox with people pitching things that are never, ever going to graze the um, editorial consciousness of Mm. the Daily Mail or Mail Plus or the Mail on Sunday. And then the follow-ups, which can be quite hounding. Um, and I Have think, you seen my press release, Ruth? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think people, people don't realise, I actually got one, it's quite funny, and the, it, it was about the stress of being the target of multiple emails, and then there was mm. a follow-up saying, did you receive my email about the stress of receiving so many emails? And, it, you know, it was, it was just No sense funny. of irony there. Exactly, so zero <laughs> sense of irony. It, you know, you have to laugh about these things. But the serious point about it is that I think behind that, that's, so that's a symptom rather than the problem in itself. The underlying problem, I think, is is the lack of serious engagement and serious relationship. I really think just spraying out those emails is, is the equivalent of cold calling. It can't be very fulfilling. It must be horrible to be the person having to do it. It must be very dispiriting to never receive any replies. I end up losing important emails or missing them mm. because I would literally get four or five hundred emails a day. How many um, emails in your inbox out of interest? Do you even know? I, I don't know. So yeah. When I left now, the Telegraph, yeah. I had 200,000 emails in my inbox unread. I'm sure that would be, I'm sure that would be about right. So, you know, it, it, it's really a scourge. It's an absolute scourge. I think lots of it is totally pointless. It's a waste of absolutely everybody's time. As I said, it's very dispiriting for the people mm. having to do it. I feel quite sorry for them. I think what, what the underlying problem is here is that people are not putting the work in to think properly about how they're running their, their campaign, how mm. they're doing their PR, how they're doing the pitching, and about forming relationships at the right level. When you and I started out, I mean, you, you, you were a bit later... You still formed relationships with people at the level you were at, your counterparts in PR. And a lot of those people I'm still 
got a good relationship mm. with now and, and some younger people as well who've come through. But, you know, it, it, it's that kind of thing where you actually genuinely have built a relationship of trust mm. with, with the comms person or the PR person or the journalist and you can talk to them on a sensible human level and, and yeah. convey some information. It's this very transactional, disembodied approach that I think is just, frankly, quite depressing. Yeah. Um, just lastly, I mean, for years you've been a champion of women in journalism and business, and now we've got female editors of The Guardian, The FT, The Sunday Times, The Sun, The Mirror. I may have missed a few. Do you think we've reached a turning point now? I hope so. I have to say I slightly doubt it. It's great to see these women editing newspapers. It's great to see women getting ahead in, in the world of business journalism, mm. which has been quite a male preserve, as you know, for quite a long time. I'm really proud of what I've achieved and I hope it's encouraging to some of the younger women coming through. But I think our industry is no different to any other. Your industry, you've got a lot of women in quite senior positions, but don't think you've yet got a female equivalent of a Roland Rudd or a Rory Godson or, or, you know, you've got women up there, but not quite yet. I think we reflect business and society as a whole I talk about a thing called Hermione syndrome, so you have a lot of people in the Hermione role, so it's accepted mm. that women are very able, very mm. intelligent, but men still are the magicians in the public consciousness, I think, and a lot of it is now quite unconscious. I'm quite concerned about social developments. When I look at the US and I look at the rolling back of Roe versus Wade, I find that actually really quite frightening. Yes. Um, I don't think that women can take any of the advances that we've made for granted at all. Okay, well that's a good place to end. Um, thanks very much, Ruth Sunderland. Thank you.